Welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, we're going to continue our teaching on Jesus, our healer. This is part two of the series. You know, I'm, I'm excited about teaching this. I, you know, the Bible says that Jesus confirms his word with signs following. He always, when the word was preached, he always went behind the disciples, even though he had already gone to heaven, right? But by the power of the Holy Spirit, he confirmed what was being taught. So, you know, as we learn and we settle our hearts into this truth on, uh, about the fact that it's the will of God for us to walk in healing and divine health and strength and vitality, it will build our faith to allow him to just open our, for us to open our hearts and allow him to step in and confirm that in our lives. So if you're dealing with sickness, if you're dealing with infirmity, long-term, short-term, whatever it may be, if you'll listen to these truths in the word of God, uh, they'll settle down your heart and build faith for you to be able to uh, just walk free from that thing. So um, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 4 uh, is our foundational text. We'll read this, then we'll pray, and then we'll work through this, uh, what the Lord's laid on my heart to share with you tonight. Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he, speaking of Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Let's pray before we jump in here. Father, thank you so much, first of all, for your presence. I just thank you from the first stroke of a key when we come together in your name, your presence shows up. And I just thank you for the tangible, physical uh, experience of uh, just being touched by you tonight already. Uh, and so I thank you for that. And so I just ask you to continue that as you use me to teach your word to your people. Help me share um, what is truth. Uh, help me expound on what is truth and just eliminate everything else. And we'll give you praise and thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, you know, as we said last week, you know, this verse of scripture that's our foundational text sort of lays out for us what Jesus would do for us when he died on the cross for us and paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And, you know, we look at all of those things that he did. We listed them off last week. He was, you know, he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. He was stricken and smitten of God. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And, you know, uh, what I pointed out last week is for, you know, those first ones, uh, you know, the, that last one is with his stripes were healed. But for those ones pr prior to that, all of those, you know, are, are really more spiritual and emotional um, blessings. And because they're spiritual and emotional, they're not something you can touch or they're not really tan tangible with your hands, although they can have tremendous impact on your natural life. And so those typically for us when we believe, because we're not dealing with a physical circumstance, are, are much easier, I think, sometimes for us to buy into, right, and to believe. But this last one says, by his stripes you were healed. That has something to do with your physical body. And I think sometimes when you're dealing with, you know, uh, believing God to change something in the natural um, that you can see and that's staring you in the face, that can be tough sometimes. And I think what happens is, to people's defense, they're not successful in, in appropriating that promise. So we come up with all of these different teachings and excuses as to why it's possibly not the will of God for us to be healed, why it's maybe his will for us to bear a sickness, and all of those type of things. But when, when in reality, what that verse says is very clear. There's no comma, there's no but, there's no anything after it. He says, with his stripes, we are healed. 
And, you know, in later messages in this series, I'll talk about how that verse of Scripture doesn't apply. It's, it's not actually talking about spiritual healing, although that's a, you know, a general application of it. What it's talking about is physical healing. It's actually quoted in context every time it's quoted just about in context of someone physically being healed. And so what we see here is that part of the redemptive plan of God when Jesus died on the cross for us was not only to forgive us for our sins, not only to bring peace of mind to us and relief from our sorrows and griefs and, you know, all of the, you know, uh, things we carry that we're disappointed about, our, the decisions we made, our past to rid us of those, but it's also part of his redemptive plan to set us free and to cause us to live physically well. You know, and, and, and all the arguments up front, you get, you know, well, I know a lot of Christians who are sick, right? Well, I know a lot of Christians who sin too, but that doesn't mean it's the will of God for you to sin, right? So that's not a valid argument. And so the above verse tells us that it's the will of God for us to be healed by Jesus' stripes. Now, what we, were, what we said uh, last week to sort of kick this series off was, is, you know, we, we, we ask ourselves the question, what are we going to base our belief on uh, when it comes to this physical healing? You know, um, what, is, what, is the, what is the source of truth we're going to base that on? And we said at the end of the day, you know, Jesus said, thy word is truth. And so we're going to base what we believe not on an argument, not on a catchphrase that you hear a lot of times in Christian circles, right? Uh, but we're going to base what we believe on what God's word says because God's word is the truth, Right? And what do I mean by catchphrase? You know, a lot of times people get sick and you'll hear people, well-meaning people, right? You know, God won't give you anything more than you can bear. How many of you heard that one before? Like he gave you the sickness uh, to bear it. And, and, and although, you know, that's well-meaning and well-intentioned by most of the people that say it, there's no harm or malice in it when they say it to you, but it's just not founded upon truth. And the only thing we can do is base our lives upon the truth because it's the truth that has set us free. And so we pointed out, you know, that there's a difference last week in fact and truth. I'll review that just a little bit. A fact is an individual piece of evidence about a given situation. It's just one piece. That's a fact, right? And so a lot of times folks will base what they believe on a fact and consider that truth. But if, and I use the illustration, if you ever watched a 2020 episode or, or anything like that on, you know, any of those investigative type things, you know, you can watch the front end of that, that message, or that, that show, and they're bringing facts to bear, right, that, that make you say, well, that person is guilty of sin, man. Just hang them, string them up, right? And then, and then they get all the way to the end of it, and one uncovered piece of fact comes out, right, that totally changes the dynamic and says, wow, all those facts were lined up, but the real truth was they aren't guilty, Right? And so the reality is, is truth is a compilation of all the facts on a given subject. So what we said was this, God is the only one that has all the facts. Matter of fact, you'll never be able to accumulate all the facts because we know in part, but he knows in full. And the great thing about God is, is he gives us the truth up front a lot of times in the promises in his word. And so, you know, we'd be better off instead of scurrying to get all the facts and acknowledging the facts and, and letting the facts dictate what we do, we'd be better off saying this is truth and that's what I'm going to believe for, that's what I'm going to fight for, that's what I'm going to stand for. And so First John, and so, you know, and, and, and we should fight that with everything we've got. I had a question last week as I was exiting one of the folks that were here. They asked me, he said, so, you know, one of the things I struggle, struggle with is between facts and truth. And, you know, does that mean you just don't acknowledge the facts? You don't deal with the facts? If God says you're healed, does that mean you just ignore it? Well, absolutely not. If, if, if facts are present in your life that are contrary to truth, let's just take healing aside for a moment. If it's a fact that you're living in sin, 
Does that mean you just ignore it and keep living in sin because Jesus says as a believer you're his righteousness? No, it means you deal with it, right? So when it comes to physical sickness and whatever you're dealing with in your life, if you're dealing with a fact, fight it with everything and every resource you have. You know, there are some circles that would say, well, don't take medicine. If you believe you're healed, don't take medicine. If you believe you're healed, don't go see a doctor. Well, that's just stupid. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. Right? If you're dealing with sickness... Take the, or you got a headache, take that Advil in Jesus' name and speak the truth over your life and believe for both if that's what you have to do, right? Fight it with everything you've got and, and say, I'm, or, or go see a doctor. If you need to see a doctor, go see a doctor. And, and when he diagnoses you and says this is the facts, don't look at him like he's evil. Say, okay, those are the facts. Thank you very much, but I'm going to believe what God says that I'm healed. Let's fight this together. What do you say we should do? What do I say we should do? And so God's given us all those tools to fight the facts of sickness, doctors, medicine, but he's also given us a tool, a spiritual weapon called faith. And faith is what allows us to overcome the world. It says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. So if you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus, then what the scripture says is you have overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. So you have overcome it, but here's how you manifest that victory in your life. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And so faith is a spiritual weapon just like an Advil would be or just like a chemotherapy treatment would be, right? He's given us all of these things to overcome sickness and disease, right? And so faith is one of those spiritual weapons that trumps all of them, <laughs> And if we can learn how to apply uh, what God's word says about healing to our life through the mechanism of faith, then we not only can live, be healed from sickness, we can live free from it. We can walk in the divine health that God desires for us to live in. And so, and so we have to establish in this series a basis for faith so that we can use our faith. Every promise of God, you can write this down, every promise of God you will ever receive in your life comes to you because you've had faith in what God says about it in his word. And so Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 says, But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that, thou, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that, that, that in thine heart that, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And then skip down to verse 17. So, that, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so in context with Romans chapter 10 here, what he's saying is this, for you to get saved, for a person to get saved, they have to hear the truth, the word of God that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. And then they have to take that truth and put it in their heart and believe it and then exercise the operation of faith to actually be saved. What's the operation of faith? What we see in verse uh, 8 is, it says it's in your heart and it's in your mouth. That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So a person gets saved by doing what? Believing the truth that Jesus died for their sins and confessing with their mouth that he died for their sins and they accept him as their Lord. That belief and that confession produces a supernatural thing to take place. You become a born-again believer. Now, that applies to just salvation, being saved from your sin and becoming a believer. But that principle of faith works with any promise of God. It is an established principle. So whether it's a promise for provision in your life, whether it's a promise for peace in your life, whether it's a promise for physical healing in life, the way that you receive that, the way you allow the truth to overcome the facts you may be dealing with is through the operation of faith. 
And so it's by hearing what God's word, Romans 10, 17, so faith comes by hearing. So in this series, what we're doing is we are establishing an undisputable foundation of truth that it's the will of God for you 100% of the time to live free from sickness and to be healed, right? Uh, Does that mean we'll never die? No, we're not redeemed from old age. But you ain't got to go to the grave kicking and screaming and fighting because of some disease. You can do like, you know, Moses did. He climbed a mountain full of strength, laid his head down, went to sleep, went to heaven, right? It It did it without sickness. And I believe that's the will of God for all of us. Unfortunately, many times we've settled for the fact that we're going to have to go out of here with a sickness. That's the way we leave. But I believe God's word teaches us that we can live free from sickness. And so we have to take the truth, put it in our heart, believe the truth, establish a basis for faith, and then once we have that basis of faith, we need to exercise our faith by believing and speaking what God's word says about us. And we'll get to that later on in the series. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is this. In this series, what I will attempt to do is not give you my opinion of what God's word says about healing. Uh, or or what God says about healing. There's a lot of opinions out there. I'm just going to read to you scriptures like we did last week over and over and over again that just continue to go, wow, that's in the Word. Wow, that's in the Word. Wow, that's in the Word. And all of a sudden your heart will go, wow, I'm I'm really supposed to be healed. I, I believe that. And that'll establish faith in your heart to begin to be able to see that manifest in your life. So today what we want to do is, is this, or tonight, what I want to do is I want to take a look at how God originally created us as an example of what his intention was for us with respect to healing and to, and, and to and living free from sickness. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And then skip down to verse 26, a lot of things he created. But verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And I love the way my pastor said it, you have authority over creeps, right? According to that verse. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So what it says there is God created us to be in his image, right? Now, there's a whole lot wrapped up into what his image is, but we're talking about healing tonight, right? So the first question I was to ask you is this. When, what is your image of God? Is your image of God the Father some old, decrepit, sickly individual? Is that what, he, is the Bible descri- is that what you believe he is? Uh, is your image of Jesus one who walked around the earth, just beat down, broken down, couldn't climb, had to have a cane, you know, sick all the time? Is that your image of what Jesus was? And as we think about the Holy Spirit as he's characterized in Scripture, do we see him one as one that's associated with sickness or uh, lacking power to overcome something? Do we see him that way? I I would say that we don't see him that way. But a lot of times we don't see him that way because we've just sort of heard it, right? At the end of the day, this boils down to building faith, right? What does God have to say about what his image is? Because that's what's going to establish truth that will last in your life. So what I want to do tonight is I just want to take a look at the image of God. Because this is the image of what you were created to be. This is the image and will of God of what he desires you to be even today. So first of all, let's take a look at what the image of the Father is. Exodus chapter, uh, chapter, I might have to put my spectacles on. I believe I'm redeemed, not from old age though. Exodus chapter 2 verse 3 says, And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of, notice this name, God Almighty. 
He said, I appeared to him as God Almighty. It's sort of interesting. The first way he revealed himself to Abraham was God Almighty, right? But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. So he, was, he, he came to them and he said, I am God Almighty. That word Al- Almighty is the word, you know, many people have actually preached messages on this. That word means El Shaddai. It's the word, it, it actually means powerful. That word, word Shaddai means this. It means to be burly <laughs> or powerful, right? You know, we got Matt sitting here and he spent his whole life lifting weights. You can tell by looking at him, right? Burly, powerful. See, that's, what, that's the way he revealed himself to Abraham. He said to Abraham, he said, look, Abraham, I came to you, and the first thing I want you to understand is I'm not sickly, I'm not weak, I'm not beat down, I'm not lacking power. The image of the Father God is not one associated with sickness or disease. Psalm 68 and verse 32 says, to him who, this is speaking of God, to him who rides upon the ancient heavens, that must have been his motorcycle's name, whose mighty voice thunders from the sky. Power belongs to God. His majesty shines down on Israel. His strength is mighty in the heavens. What all we feel kneeling before him in the sanctuary, the God of Israel gives strength and mighty power to his people. So once again, we see an image of a God that is powerful, extremely uh, powerful. And so if you think about that for a minute, if that's the image of God, right? Anybody, anybody argue with, with the fact that God is not a sick God, right? Then, then what we see in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27 is we were created to be in that image. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. So we were created to be powerful, vibrant, not sickly, not beat down beings in this earth. We were created in his image. It was the original will of God for us to live free from sickness. We also can see this in the image of Jesus. The image of Jesus reminds us that healing and divine health is the will of God. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, there it is again, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jesus was called the Mighty God, very same word that God described himself as. So first of all, we can understand then that it sort of alludes to the fact that Jesus is a part of the Godhead if you want to get into a Trinity conversation. But the reality is, is that he was destined to be called mighty. You know, I remember growing up in, in, uh, in, in uh, denominational church as a kid and going to uh, uh, Sunday school before they had all this, you know, fine-fangled digital stuff and videos that we try to do all, all for kids now. All we had was flannel graphs. <laughs> I remember what a flannel graph is. Um, and, 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 and in these flannel graphs, it always seemed to me that they portrayed Jesus as, although not sick, but always this sort of weak kind of guy, right? Just this little, you know, sort of, you know, mealy mouth kind of guy, right? Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is what this verse says is that Jesus, he will be a mighty God. That word mighty means strong, warrior, valiant, or a valiant warrior. So Jesus, when we look at the image of who Jesus was, he was not a beat down, sickly, lacking uh, um, uh, strength Jesus. This is the image we see of him as a mighty God. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, Peter in describing him as a sacrifice for us said something very significant about this. In verse 18 he said, for as much as you know 
that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition of your father. So it says you weren't redeemed with something natural. But with the precious blood of Christ, now notice this last phrase, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So what that verse says there is that when Jesus presented himself as a sacrifice to God, he was a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now some people would say that means that Jesus didn't sin. Now certainly the scripture teaches us Jesus didn't sin. But this verse of Scripture is not just talking about the fact that he presented himself as sinless. That verse of Scripture references Old Testament reference of what a sacrifice must be like to be acceptable to God. And so as we look back to Leviticus chapter 22, we see what this sacrifice must be like. And we're going to see that this sacrifice had physical qualities that caused it to be called a sacrifice without spot and a sacrifice without blemish. Verse 19 says, you must present a male without defect. Well, if you're sick or you're dealing with a disease, is that a defect in the way you originally should have been created to be, right? It says, from cattle, sheep, and goats in order that they may be accepted on your behalf. Do not bring anything with a defect because it will not be accepted on your behalf. When anyone brings from the herd of a flock a, a fellowship offering to the Lord to fulfill a special vow or a free will offering, notice this, it must be without defect or blemish. This is the very reference that Peter was talking about when Jesus was one without spot or blemish. He was saying Jesus, when he presented himself, not only was he sinless, but he was the very uh, living human image of what a physical sacrifice was in the Old Covenant, and he was without natural spot or blemish. We even see this go further, verse 22. It says, those that are blind or broken or maimed or have an ulcer or eczema or scab, you shall not offer to the Lord. And so we see that physical uh, deficiency was not something that was in Jesus as he was presented as a lamb without spot or blemish. And so he, Jesus, and, and, and Peter describing Jesus, he was saying Jesus didn't have sickness in him when he presented himself. Now he hung on a cross and he took our sickness, he took stripes upon his back to rid us of our sickness, but when he went to the cross, he wasn't beat down and sickly, had to have the flu, have a fever, you know. He didn't have any of those things working in his body. He was a, a lamb without spot or blemish. And we were created. And actually, we're going to find out here in just a moment that Jesus, that God redeemed us so that we could portray that image of who he was. See, Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 says, for, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed, notice this phrase, to be conformed to the image of his son. So what that verse says is it says, those he knew he also predestined. So what does that mean he predestined? It means that God, it is God's will for every person on the planet to be conformed to the image of his son. Does everybody live up to that? So that's not saying some people are predestined for this and some aren't. You know, there's some teachings that way, but I look at predestination this way, just sort of separate side journey. But, you know, if I go on, a, I've said this before, but it might bear repeating if you haven't heard it or maybe bear repeating for you if you have heard it, just to help you uh, get your mind around it. But, you know, in the summer, me and my family like to go on vacations. And so what we'll do is, is in the winter, we'll make a reservation for where we're going to go, right? And we'll make that reservation so we have predestined 
that this is where we're going to be. But how many of you realize if we decide not to go last minute, we make a different decision, we won't fulfill that predestination. We won't fulfill that will, right? So when it says God has predestined us to conform to the image of his will, what that means is, is every person that's created on this planet, he foreknew every single person, and they have been, it is the will of God. He's made a way. He's prepared a place for them. It is his reservation for them that they would be conformed to the image of his will. Now, whether they fulfilled it or not, that's going to be some of that on us, right? We make right choices. We use our faith. But we've been, notice what it says, we've been predestined to conform to the image of his son that we might be the firstborn of many brethren. So notice, we just saw what the image of his son was, right? First of all, he was walked in love, right? Because we were learning that on Sunday mornings. He lived a holy life, so that's an image we're to be predestined to, right? He forgave people, so we should forgive people, right? But also the image of his son is one that is without spot or blemish. So we should be believing. You say, well, I don't have that. Does that mean God's mad at me? No, that doesn't mean he's mad at you. When you don't walk in love, does that mean he's mad at you? No, that don't mean he's mad at you either. It means you've got some working out of your relationship with God to do, right? But he still loves you. So the same thing is true when you're dealing with physical sickness or you're dealing with an ongoing situation in your life. God's not upset, but he wants you to understand this. It is in no way my will for you to carry that around forever. See, because i got to tell you, if you've been around religious teaching very long, it can completely undermine you coming out of that because there might be something in you that says, well, yeah, maybe, maybe he wants me to have this for his glory. You ever heard that one? Right? If, that's, if you hold on to that false uh, uh, doctrine, for lack of, I don't even going to call it truth because false truth is sort of like a jumbo shrimp, right? It doesn't make sense. Um, but if we hang on to, you know, that, that false teaching that it's God's will in some way for you to be sick, then you'll never be able to have the faith to believe God unequivocally that it's his will for you to be healed. But what we see here is this, is that Jesus, he was a lamb without spot or blemish. He didn't have any sickness, no weakness, no infirmity in him. And it is God's will for us to be conformed to that. That alone should tell us that it's not the will of God for you to remain sick. And it's not the will of God for you to walk in sickness or, to, or have sickness come upon you. Let's also take a look at the image of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible, sort of interesting, when, uh, we'll do a study, I guess, on Wednesday nights at some point on the Holy Spirit. And that'll be a you know, good series to teach on. But, you know, the Bible doesn't do a lot of uh, physical description of the Holy Spirit. It talks about a lot of manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So it'll be really, I can't wait to get to heaven to see what the Holy Spirit looks like. That'll be pretty cool, right? To, to actually meet him as an individual, because he is a personality. He's not just a cloud that floats around somewhere. He's a very real personality, just like God the Father is and God the Son is, right? But the, but the Scripture doesn't teach us a lot about what his physical description looks like, but we can really uh, easily understand what he's like and what his attributes are by just looking at what surrounds him and what takes place when he's around. And so in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we see Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is what he said. He said, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. It's the word from which we derive the word dynamite. And if you look it up in Strong's Concordance, that word power actually means miracle working ability. So he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the other parts of the earth. But the point I wanted to make out of this verse is, is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Jesus said, he will bring dynamite power into your life. That doesn't sound like weakness and sickness and lack, does it? 
See, the Holy Spirit's not associated with that. And if, if we look at the Holy Spirit, we can see the impact of him coming upon a person's life is never sickness or disease. In Judges chapter 4 and verse 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, and he went down to Ashkelon and slew 30 men. Well, how many of you realize that's pretty powerful, right? One man against 30, and he slew them? How many of you realize that really happened? And took their spoils and gave, cha gave change of garments unto them which, is, uh, which expounded the riddle. And his anger was kindled and he went up to the house of his father. So we see when the Holy Spirit came upon Samson, what happened to Samson? Was he made weak or was he made strong? He was made strong, right? 1 Kings chapter 8, 18, verse 46. And these are just two examples. You can go through the scripture and you can see this over and over again, this theme. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46, it's, you know, uh, Elijah had, uh, Ahab the king was really mad at Elijah because he had prophesied three years prior to this verse that there was going to be no rain and there would be a famine in the land and there was a famine in the land and the, the land was hurting because of, uh, 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 you know, um, Ahab, Ahab's sin. Um, uh, and, and so what wound up happening is um, after those three years, the Lord told Elijah, you go tell him it's going to rain now, Right? And so, you know, after he, you know, confronted the prophets, the, the, the false prophets, and took care of them, uh, he, he said, it's going to rain now. And then Elijah went up on the side of a mountain, and he saw a little small cloud about the size of a man's hand, it says. And he said, you go back and tell the king that it's going it's to pour down rain. It's going to dump buckets. And we're not going to be in a famine anymore. In verse 46, it says, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, the hand of the Lord. Oftentimes when you read through scripture, you'll see as a description of the Holy Spirit, when you see the phrase, the hand of the Lord, that is describing actually the Holy Spirit. And it says, the Holy Spirit of the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, if you read that whole story, Ahab hopped in his chariot loaded with horses. How many realize, and he whipped that horse, and he, he I mean, he lickety-split headed to where he was going to, to beat the storm. How many realize Ahab had to be moving pretty quickly, right? And what this verse of Scripture says here is, the Spirit of the Lord came on Elijah, and he outran the chariot and the horses, right? Hussein Bolt didn't have anything on Elijah, right? The reality is, is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he doesn't weaken you. He makes you stronger. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Notice that verse of Scripture says, Jesus did the healing he did, not because he was Jesus, God, but he did the healing because he was Jesus and the Holy Spirit came upon him as a man here on earth, to do that healing. So the Holy Spirit, not only does he make you stronger, but when the Holy Spirit shows up, he's involved in healing people, right? So we need to understand that God the Father, Jesus, nor the Holy Spirit in any way are associated with sickness, disease, beat down, weakness, any of those things. They're, that's not the image we have of them. And as a matter of fact, what we see is that the impact of the, even the Holy Spirit on our life should be that he actually brings physical strength and healing to us. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says, And the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. How many of you realize that's good news tonight? If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit that shook death, hell, and the grave lives in you. Lives in you. 
the one that rolled the stone away, the one that took the key, enabled Jesus to take the keys of death and hell, he lives in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also, notice this, give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So one of the impacts of the Holy Spirit living in you, that word mortal is actually the word, that word give life means to make that which is dead to live, to cause to live. And that word mortal in the Greek or Aramaic means physical body. So the holy, one of the impacts of the Holy Spirit, I mean, this is undeniable. This alone to me is enough reason to close the book and say, healing's for me. Why? Because according to this scripture, one of the impacts of the Holy Spirit is not only to equip you spiritually, not only to give you the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, and all those things, which are wonderful things and we should apply them to our life, and we'll teach on those at some point. But according to this verse, he also comes to live in you to do what? To quicken, to make alive your physical body, to make it stronger. How much stronger? Like it did for Elijah. Now I'm telling you, faith is rising in a few folks right now. I can sense it in my heart. To make you strong like Elijah did, so that if you need supernatural strength to outrun a chariot, God, that, that kind of power lives in you to affect your physical body that way. You say, well, how come I don't experience it? Because you've got to build faith for it. You've got to let that faith get down on the inside of you to the point that it impacts you. And it changes you. And it allows that truth and that faith being mixed together to change the facts in your life to align with the truth in your life. And the truth in your life says that he quickens your physical body. So if you're a believer, he's sitting there just waiting for you to believe that. And he will physically strengthen your body. You know, one of the best examples I have ever seen of that is just Joyce sitting right here right now. Joyce says, I'm embarrassed you, but you know, we went out and passed out tracks, uh, passed out, you know, invites to come to church on Wednesday night. How old are you, Joyce? 79 years old. She walked the neighborhood just like all the rest of us did and just got out there and got after. You know what I know? I'm, I'm confident in this because I know her. And I know how close she lives to God, and I know she's a good lady, and she'd probably be mad at me for saying all that because she's saying, she'd probably say, you don't know much you know about me. But I can tell you one of the reasons she's able to do that is because the Holy Spirit is quickening her body, and she believes that. Amen. And I'm just telling you, as you, as you, as you allow this truth to get down on the inside of you, it has the capacity to change your facts. If you're weak in your body, doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you need to be ashamed of that. But what it does mean is this, is if you hold on to this truth, as we revive these truths on the inside of us, physical strength will come to your body. Amen? And so we can conclude from the truth of God's word that God the Father is not weak or sickly. Can we agree on that based on what we saw in the scripture tonight? Number two, Jesus is not weak or sickly. Can we agree on that, what we saw in the scripture tonight? The Holy Spirit's not weak or sickly. Can we agree on that? Amen? And, we, and, and we can, can we agree that we were originally created to be like them in their image? Physically, mentally, spiritually. And, so if, and, and that not only that, we've seen scriptures that not only that, that we were created that way, but we were redeemed to reflect that image even now as believers. Can we agree on that? Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says this, So, all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. So what does it say when the veil's removed? When, when your eyes are open to something, you can see the glory of the Lord. 
And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us, notice this, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His, what? Glorious image. See, when we begin to see the truth of God's Word on any given subject, and in this subject we've talked about, about tonight, healing, as we unveil it and we see it, and we believe it, it allows His Spirit to work in us to make us more and more and more like His image, right? So whatever you're dealing with, whatever sickness you're dealing with, that is not the image of God. It's not His will for your life. Embrace who He says you are in His Word and believe that and allow His Spirit to work in your life. Amen? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. We'll close with this. It says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. In 1 Peter, that very same verse is quoted, and it says, with his stripes we were healed right so we were we are healed by his stripes and we were healed by his stripes so if I were healed then I am healed you say well I don't feel like it that's okay the truth says I am and I'm going to believe the image of the father and who he who he created me to be amen amen bow your heads with me father I thank you so much for each person here I thank you that you love them and you care about them. I just sensed in my heart as as we were even worshiping before I stepped up here to preach that there are some here who are dealing with weakness in their body. That is not the image of who you are and you live in them. The Holy Spirit lives in them to quicken their physical bodies. And so, Father, I thank you for this truth settling down on the inside of them. For them accepting truth above facts and believing truth above facts and you working to confirm your word with signs following. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. If you're here right now and you are actually struggling with physical weakness in your body, maybe it's been habitual, maybe it's been just come on strong lately, I believe God wants to confirm his word in your life. If you'll simply believe it. So if that's you and you qualify for that this this afternoon, this evening, I was about to say this morning, I'm not used to Wednesday nights yet. But if that's you and you qualify for that, you're, you're, you're actually physically dealing with weakness, but you believe what you saw tonight and you want to exercise your faith on that, I want to lay my hands on you and pray for you. The Bible says those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The Bible says, is there any weak among you? Let him call for the elders and the prayer of faith will save the sick. So if that's you, you qualify for that. I want to just do what the scripture says, lay my hands on you and expect Jesus to confirm his word in your life to strengthen your physical body. Anyone at all that would say, that's me, I'd like you to pray for me. Thank you. See that one. Thank you. I see that one. Thank you. Just come on up. Just come on up. As the music's playing, just come on up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just come on up. Just stand right up front here or sit wherever you're comfortable. I believe God wants to just drive out weakness. 
Drive out weakness. Drive out weakness. Father, we just worship you. Just, just turn your heart toward heaven. I'm not the healer Jesus is. I'm not the helper Jesus is. I'm just a channel through which he's going to touch you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, here's what I'm going to do, real simple. I'm just going to lay my hands on you according to Scripture. And I'm going to release the power of the Holy Spirit that already lives on the inside of you to strengthen your physical body. And I believe from this forward, there will be no more weakening. By the Spirit of God, I say this. From this point forward, there will be no more weakening. There will only be strengthening. Because Jesus will watch over his word to perform it. So just stretch your heart toward heaven as I pray for you right now. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, rise up in him. Weakness be gone. That's not the image of who you say he is. Yeah, there you go. It's moving in you right now. Strengthening him, driving out weakness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Right now, 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 Grace, I'll tell you this. The Lord spoke to me before the service that I was to pray for you if you would come forward. The weakness you've been experiencing here lately, and the di- it's going to go from this point forward. Amen? Amen? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, you created her to walk in your image. And that is not weak and beat down as she gets older in life. It is for her to enjoy life with vibrancy in her latter years, that her latter may be better than her former. So, Father, I speak to weakness and I drive it out of her in Jesus' name. And, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you live in her. And as she joins her faith with you, you are quickening her physical body. She is the image of her Father. She is the image of her Savior. And she walks in the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in her. Thank you that that is her belief, that is her confession, that is the truth she will hang on to in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit rising up in this man right now and driving out what he's dealt with for such a long time. He is the image of his heavenly Father. Just receive, there you go, there goes, just receive that. Just let that rise up on the inside of you. Weakness, sickness, be gone. Receive the invigorating power of the Holy Spirit. From this point forward, you will only get stronger. In Jesus' name, I believe that. Receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I drive out weakness. I drive out physical infirmity. And I thank you, Father, that it is your will for her to walk in your image. That's a God that's powerful and mighty on the inside of her. And she is powerful and mighty. I thank you for her physical body right now in Jesus' name. From this point forward, your power working in her to drive out weakness and to cause strength and vitality. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you are the image of your heavenly Father. He is powerful. He is mighty. He's the one that rides upon the clouds, and he lives in you. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I drive out weakness, sickness, 
habitual headaches, all of it has to go. In Jesus' name, let your power rise up in her as she believes that truth. Let her fight it with every mechanism she has, but I thank you faith more than anything will deliver her. No more weakness, only strength from this point forward. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Linda. I thank you that she is not growing weak that the power of the Holy Spirit that caused Elijah to gird up his loins and outrun a chariot is rising up on the inside of her right now, Father. The power of Samson that gave him the strength to slay 30 men lives on the inside of her right now. And the power of him who rose Jesus from the dead lives in her right now. And I speak to her physical body and I drive out weakness. And I thank you, Father, she will be like Moses. She will not weaken in her eyesight or in her knees or in her legs, but she will have the strength of a young woman empowered by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. No more diminishing strength. Sustain strength in Jesus' name. I thank you for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. We give you all the glory and the praise for anything that would come from this tonight. And we thank you so much for your truth, for the truth of your word that you've given us. That we don't have to live by the facts of life and the facts that scream us in our bodies or any other area that is negative, that is contrary to what your word promises us. We can stand on truth and believe it. I thank you, Father, that by Jesus' stripes, we are Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Well, just want to remind you as we're being dismissed that there are offering buckets at the front. If you want to give before Sunday, you're welcome to do that. We love you. Uh, just remind you again as well that uh, starting in October, uh, we will be having our youth group meetings on, on, on Wednesday night. So they'll meet during the service while we're teaching. They'll show up right in there. They won't even be at praise and worship. They'll do their own thing. I'm really excited. We've got some really good curriculum for them that we're going to be uh, teaching them on uh, Wednesday nights and uh, just looking forward to good things for our teens and youth. Um, realize they have extracurricular activities that may pull them away at times, but uh, this will be a consistent time for us to meet with them. Amen? Amen. Let me pray a prayer blessing over you and just uh, believe God for a good rest of your week. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that's in it. I just give you praise and thanks that you love us so much. <laughs> you love us so much that you would provide not only for us spiritually, but while we're here on this earth waiting for our fullness of our redemption you've given us physical healing and physical strength as a promise so I thank you for that manifesting in the lives of your people thank you so much for your Holy Spirit encamped about them, your angels camped about them, keeping them safe and protected, that they're going out to be a light to the world and I just give you praise and thanks that they'll come back rejoicing because of your goodness when, when we come back together, we give you praise and thanks for that in Jesus name Amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a great, great rest of your evening, and we'll see you next week. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.